I welcome you back to Living Words from the Gospel of John. I'm Mark Berkler, and we are at a point of transformation of, in Jesus's ministry here in chapter 12 of John. Let me just share the screen with you and um, show you what's going on. We're going to go over to um, this chart that I showed you earlier, which came from our book, Through the Bible, which is available on our website, cwgministries.org. Gospel of John, which has 21 chapters in it. We are now in chapter 12. Okay? And if you notice, that is, this is the end of his year of opposition. It's going to definitely heat up in this chapter as we read and go through the next two sessions here together, which will cover chapter 12. You're going to see the tremendous conflict with the Pharisees. So... It's the end of its, we're bringing, it's bringing us to the end of his year of opposition and confrontation with the Pharisees. And it's also the end of his public ministry. The whole book so far has been a public ministry of Jesus. And then we're going to enter with chapter 13. We're going to enter into private ministry, just Jesus with the 12 disciples. And that's going to go on for about six chapters. It's going to be just one single night of his life. Going to spend two chapters in the upper room. Three or three chapters or so crossing the city, and then a chapter in Gethsemane. So we're this is the end of his public ministry uh, in chapter twelve. So let's let's read chapter twelve. <clears throat> chapter twelve, verse one. We're reading from the Passion Translation. Mary anoints Jesus at Bethany. Six days before the Passover began, Jesus went back to Bethany, the town where he raised Lazarus from the dead. They had prepared a supper for Jesus. Martha served, and Lazarus and Mary were among those at the table. Mary picked up an alabaster box and filled it with nearly a liter of extremely rare and costly perfume, the purest extract of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet. Then she wiped them dry with her long hair, and the fragrance of the costly oil filled the house. But Judas, the locksmith, Simon's son, the betrayer, spoke up and said, What a waste! We could have sold this perfume for a fortune and given the money to the poor. In fact, Judas had no heart for the poor. He only said this because he was a thief in charge of the money case, and he would steal money whenever he wanted from the funds which had been given to support Jesus's ministry. Jesus said to Judas, leave her alone. She has saved it for the time of my burial. You always have the poor with you, but you won't always have me. And now we have the plot to kill Lazarus. So when the word got out that Jesus was not far from Jerusalem, the large crowd came out to see him they also wanted to see Lazarus, the man whom Jesus had raised from the dead. This prompted the chief priests to seal their plans to do away with both Jesus and Lazarus. For his miracle testimony was persuading many of the Jews living in Jerusalem to believe in Jesus. It never ceases to amaze me the extents that evil men will go to to promote their way to kill the righteous. I see it today. I see it here. 
and I think it's been throughout all of history. So now we have the triumphal entry. The next day, the, the news that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem swept through the massive crowd gathered for the feast. So they took palm branches and they went out to meet him. Everyone was shouting, Lord, be our savior. Blessed be the one who comes to us, sent from Jehovah God, the King of Israel. Then Jesus found a young donkey and rode on it to fulfill what was prophesied. People of Zion, have no fear. Look, it's your king coming to you riding on a young donkey. Now, Jesus' disciples didn't fully understand the importance of what was taking place, but after he was raised and exalted into glory, they understood how Jesus fulfilled all the prophecies in the scriptures that were written about him. All the witnesses of the miracle Jesus performed when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead kept spreading the news about Jesus to everyone. The news of this miracle of resurrection call, caused the crowds to swell so great uh, as great numbers of people welcomed him into the city with joy. But the Pharisees were disturbed by this and they said to each other, we won't be able to stop this. The whole world is going to run after him. Now there was a number of foreigners among the nations who were worshiping at the feast. And they went to Philip, who came down from the village of Bethsaida in Galilee, and they asked him, will you take us to see Jesus? We want to see him. So Philip went to find Andrew, and they both went to inform Jesus. He replied to them, now is the time for the Son of Man to be glorified. Let me make this clear. A single grain of wheat will never be more than a grain of wheat unless it drops into the ground and dies, because then it sprouts and produces a great harvest of wheat, all because one grain died. The person who loves his life and pampers himself will miss true life. The one who detaches his life from this world and abandons himself to me will find true life and enjoy it forever. If you want to be my disciple, follow me, and you will go where I am going. And if you tr truly follow me as my disciple, the Father will shower his favor upon your life. Wow. All right, so here are some journaling questions, things that I asked the Lord. Or you, and you may ask him different questions, or you may ask him these questions. We will make these questions available to you. So if you want them, they'll be available. Lord, I enter your gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I enter your courts with praise. Lord, is there an area you have asked, asked me or are asking me to lay my life down? Mark, I ask you to lay down your logic and reasoning and trust that you would find a way to finance yourself so you would not need to trust me and your security in several church denominations, which you have been a part of. In each case, you have laid down your life. I am well pleased. Now continue to live in obedience to all that I ask you to do. And you will see 
wonders beyond your wildest imagination. Each time as I was leaving a denomination or being asked to leave, I remember journaling about it and the Lord telling me I could trust him. Uh, the denomination, of course, can offer me a job security and an older age uh, home where retired pastors could live and be taken care of. And I remember they were sharing that with me and said, you know, if, if you leave the denomination, you're going to lose all of this. You'll be on your own. And, and the Lord told me to trust him and he would take care of me throughout my life and in my old age. So I decided to trust him and, and left all the different denominations that I have been a part of over the years. Second, Lord, the natural mind sees the anointing of your feet with alabaster perfume as an extravagant waste. His reply, yes, Mark, seen with the natural eyes will never accomplish the will of God. You must see with the eyes of your heart always. It's such a challenge because we're so programmed to look in the natural and say, oh my, God says, no, no, check with me. Let me tell you what's really, really going on here. One of the things this morning that he showed me was a verse from scriptures where the Bible says God hardened the heart of this evil king so he would resist doing the right thing so that God could send in the army to destroy him. And I and I really felt the Lord said, Mark, that's where we're at today. God has hardened the hearts of those who don't love truth, and they are resisting righteousness with all of their effort. And it's unreasonable. It's an unreasonable resisting that's taking place, and, and I think it's so God can destroy them. Lord, is it possible to protect the church's treasury from being stolen by thieves? His response, you see, Judas was a thief, and you have noted many other ministries in your lifetime have been robbed by their treasurers. This is because money is such a powerful medium. Many simply make money their God. It's the rare person who can lay down his life and worship the true and the living God. Do not find your strength in money. Find it in me. And over and over, God has told me, Mark, trust me, trust me uh, to take care of you. And um, it's been an ongoing life of growing enlightenment and growing choice and commitment to trust him in the midst of all odds. And here at 71, we're still alive. We're still leading. God has still cared for us. So thank you, Lord, for your provision, for your blessing for your anointing. Thank you that we can trust you and you do meet us supernaturally. Okay, well, that's the first part of chapter 12. Why don't you do some journaling? Ask the Lord the questions that are on your heart based on what we read in those 26 verses. You can ask him the questions I ask or ask him something different. We will come back and then we will do the second half of John chapter 12. This is Mark Berkler, signing off.